You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Well, hey, good morning. How are y'all doing? You thawed out? You're good? How many of y'all had pipes bust? Couple people, yeah. Most of y'all are y'all. Most of y'all did pretty good. Some of you that did, you're not going to tell anybody because you're embarrassed about it. Here you are. Well, hey, we continue our series, Daily Reminders. And uh, as I was thinking about it and praying about this series, um, one of the reasons, I mean, Daily Reminders, reminders kind of just resonated with me. And part of that's because I'm a reminders nerd. Okay, I'll admit it. Um, I'm a systems nerd. And so, what does that mean? It means that that for the results that I want to get out of my life, that as I think through the dash that I have to live, and I'm at the end of that time, hopefully a long time away from now. But when I'm there, I want to be able to look back and say, hey, there was success in certain areas and certain roles of my life because I was consistently doing the right things in the right way at the right time. And the way for me to do that is to set reminders and to um, have systems to do those things. And we'll talk a bit more about it, but I'm a nerd. Even our staff, is we laugh about it because they're like, if there's a, an, op- an opportunity to learn or an opportunity to grow, I ask the question, what's going to be the system for you? How are you going to make a system to be successful to do that, to accomplish that task? And so um, we, we have a lot of systems around here. And I remind myself of that because, again, as I told you last week, of all the different books and things that I've read over the years about productivity and time management and being successful, not just not just in life, but we typically think of like, hey, someone's got a lot of money, someone's an elite athlete. I'm obviously, I'm an elite athlete. That's part of it. But um, all these different things that you think of. But what is what is success? And what does success look like in particular for us in Christ? And that means that we're consistent at some things, specifically spiritual disciplines, that if we're consistent in those things and practice them, then we will find success in life, in the areas of life that mean it the most. And so I've kind of boiled it down. What is success? Successful people consistently do what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And so for me, that means reminders. And so I have reminders, daily reminders. I have weekly reminders. I have monthly reminders. I have quarterly reminders. I have yearly reminders. As a matter of fact, I have reminders that I've had to change even my system on how I do that because Alexa was alerting my entire family to my reminders. I mean, it was really cool because they started taking out the trash and stuff, but um, they didn't want to know. <laughs> they didn't want to know all those things. So, like for me, like a daily reminder is, hey, I just have a little deal of like daily reminder of set aside a time for personal worship, set aside a time for a workout, set aside a time to, to do like I have a morning ritual and an evening ritual, set aside a time to read at least one chapter of a book a day. And uh, there's days that I would love to read an entire book, but I can't. So I'm like, hey, I need to make a consistent habit of reading a chapter. So if most books are 12 chapters within two weeks, you finish a book, that kind of a thing. Weekly reminders, you got to pay the bills. You got to take out the trash. You got to, you know, clean the kitchen or whatever if you eat in your kitchen. Um, you got yard work. I even have a weekly preview where I, at the, like tonight, I'll look at my week coming ahead and make plans accordingly. And so, and part of that for me is because my job is 24 seven and life happens. And most of the time it means your life happens. And as I get to be a part of it, as your pastor, I have to interject myself into that. And so that means I need to know how I can maneuver myself. So, because Sundays keep coming, 
right? And so you anticipate that I've done my work preparation throughout the week to get here. And so I know how much time it takes for me to read and to study and to do those different things. And so all that stuff is so that I can be the best for you and also for my family and others. And so I have like, you know, monthly reminders. You got to change out the AC filter, check the batteries, all that stuff. Quarterly reminders, vehicle maintenance. Um, I had a friend of mine that she had a car for I don't know, however long, and it wasn't that long, probably 18 months or so, and um, she took it in. Something was going wrong with the engine, took it in and go, hey, have you ever thought about changing the oil? You know, those kind of things, and I thought, you know what? I'm that kind of person where I'll just get busy and things are going, and so I've put in like a vehicle maintenance reminder and all that stuff. So I'm a reminders nerd, and my family makes fun of me all the time. Um, and so much so that I'm a reminders nerd that I have reminders for the roles in my life. So obviously as a husband and a father, um, so I remind myself to ask my wife out on dates because if you don't, you get busy. I remind myself to date dates with my daughter and my son when they're around, like, hey, we're going to go do X. And reminders um, to do all kinds of things. I teach college classes, so reminders to do those different things that I need to do. And why? So I can accomplish those things and be successful. And so as you think about that, Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says this way, Since we live or literally walk by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now that word live or walk literally means to, it refers to a step-by-step process of daily living. In other words, that as you go about your life, as you walk around throughout the day, there's a step-by-step process for daily living to get the most out of the day. And a part of that for us in Christ is that we're in communication with the Spirit, that He guides us and directs us. And so here's what I do know is that I have a lot of reminders, I have a system, but I'm human and I'm not God, and so sometimes God intercedes and messes up my system. Y'all have that happen? Okay, so man's less best laid plans can get interrupted because God's in charge. But it also means because of this, whenever God does whatever he's going to do, I'm, I can function as a nerd because I will do a task and write it down and then check it off. Do y'all do that? Okay, so that's that's how nerdy I am in that way. And so sometimes God puts tasks on my agenda that weren't there and for us to be okay with it in that planning. So God says, listen, in Galatians chapter five, since we walk and live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So today we're going to talk about this daily reminder and a daily reminder is prayer. These are spiritual habits that we need to have as a consistent part of our life. And I don't know what you think about prayer, what it is, how it works, why it works, or if it works, or whatever you've even tried it. But it's something that we're supposed to do in Christ, we're supposed to do on a consistent basis. And we're going to look at um, Jesus' life. He's our model for prayer. And Jesus, as a Jew, would have prayed at least over a hundred times a day. And most of you are like, oh my Lord, I'm trying to get one in. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. But most of us kind of like, what is prayer? How does it work? And so I want to show you a little scene from a movie. Um, I'm not condoning the movie, okay? But this scene is funny. And, um, and it's, I would just say it, it, it makes you think about prayer maybe in a little different way. Let's watch this together. Good job, fun, patooties. Wow, Dina, everything looks fabulous. Well, I'll tell you something. It's such a treat for me to have a home-cooked meal like this. Dinner at my house usually consisted of everybody in the kitchen fighting over containers of Chinese food. Oh, you poor thing. What, there wasn't enough food to go around, Craig? No, there was. We just never really sat down like a family like this. Oh. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, 
Uh, Greg's Jewish dad. Yeah. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 no. No, I'd love to. Pam, come on. It's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, O oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly. To see thee more clearly. To follow thee more nearly. Day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, great. That was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. <laughs> Maybe you've been there, yeah, right? You're just like, well, I, I've been asked to pray what I'm going to pray. I, I'm gonna, we laugh about it at our house. Anytime we're somewhere and someone knows what I do, guess who gets to pray? It's like my phone line's better than your phone line or something. I don't know what I mean. It is, it's not like the fish are going to be more fish and more love. This is, that, was a, that was a Jesus thing. It's not my thing. Um, and one time, actually, um, I was newly into my family that I'm getting married into. And, and, um, and so it was a privilege and an honor, you know, to, to pray at the, the old, usually my grandfather-in-law would pray. And so he, um, invited me to pray over the Thanksgiving meal, right? Which was a mistake. And, um, <clears throat> and so, you know, everybody's there. I don't know in the family, there's like 500 of us. I don't know. It's really like 30 or something. And, um, he said, Hey, Chris, you're newly ordained in the ministry. Da, 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 da. We would be honored for you to pray. And I'm like, oh, baby, here we go. And so everybody bowed their heads and stuff. And, um, and I prayed, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay, God. Amen. And I mean, my mother-in-law I thought was going to kill me. My grandfather-in-law looked at me and was like, Mm-mm. that doesn't count. And so he prayed for us. And so, uh, but anyway, um, prayer is, is just this weird thing. And, and, and we know that we should do it. We just don't know what it is. And so I think sometimes we think it's like, like going to Vegas and you put in the right coinage. And maybe somebody else has gone before and you pull the lever at the right time. And all of a sudden you get the request or the answer that you want or whatever. And, and sometimes we pray because in real life we pray and we haven't got an answer. We've got to have an answer. And you see other people, they'll pray and they get the answer. And so we just like, what, what is this? How does this work? And so um, I, I don't have those solutions for you today. I wish that I had that kind of phone line where I'd be like, listen, if you said this in this way at this time with this amount of cash, you'd get the answer. It doesn't work that way. God's always answers our prayers. It may not be like 
we think it should be. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's maybe, sometimes it's wait. God's always listening and always answering our prayers. It's just a matter of are we attentive or do we like his answers? Uh, many times he answers and we don't like them. So this morning I want to think, us first to think about what is prayer and how can we make it a regular part of our life and a set of daily reminders. So the first thing that I want you to get is this, is that prayer is necessary. And the reason that it's necessary for us is because it was necessary for Jesus. And so if it was necessary for Jesus, surely it's necessary for us. In uh, Luke chapter 5 verse 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So in his life, it was a regular occasion for him to withdraw by himself. He prayed with the disciples. He prayed in the synagogue. He did his normal thing. But he also pulled away and spent time by himself to have communion, to pray to the Father. And and so if he needs it, surely we do. Now remember, Jesus is Jewish. And so because he was Jewish, he would have been practicing Jewish things. And so he would have, on a regular day, he would have prayed a blessing, different blessings, over a hundred times a day. And we'll talk more about that here in just a second. So he was Jewish. So the saturation of his life, prayer was a big part of it. Okay. Some of them were obviously things that he had memorized, things that he had learned, but they were a regular part of his day. Also, Paul, one of the authors of much of the New Testament was also Jewish as well. And so all throughout his writings, he will just interject little blessings and little prayers. And so we see that even in Colossians chapter four, verse two, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Colossians for two, to devote yourself, continually be attentive to it. In First Thessalonians chapter five, verse seventeen, he says, "Never stop praying, or pray without ceasing, and have a thankful, thankful heart." This idea of that we're consistently praying, and so sometimes when we think about praying, we're like, we think of this, "Oh dear Lord," you know, you kind of got this thing, or you stopped, or something, and that's part of it at times. But most of the time, it's just us. In that passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, where he says, stop without, pray without ceasing, it's a heartward attitude that we're consistently, our heartbeat is trying to get in rhythm with the Father's heartbeat so that we're in tune with him. That's what that pray without ceasing means. As a matter of fact, it's not even a suggestion from Paul. It's the language is an imperative command. So Paul is telling us in Colossians and 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing to devote yourselves with prayer. It's not a suggestion for us in Christ. It's a command. We should be praying people consistently all of the time, offering up prayers. Again, not necessarily with our mouth all the time, but with our heart directed toward him. It's a heart-tude, a heart-attitude in that way. So why don't we pray more? Why don't we pray more? I think part of it is because we just don't understand. So here's, I'm going to give you an illustration of what prayer can look like. In Christ, when you wake up in the morning, all of a sudden your phone line, how many of y'all have a phone? Right? And so the, for most of us, the first thing we do when we wake up, our phone, our alarm's attached to our phone. And so we look at it and see what time it is and push snooze. Right. Or we look at it and go, OK, who's texted me? What kind of reminders? What kind of things do I have? And so um, so you've got your phone and just imagine with me, your phone is constantly on. You've got it all day long. And it, the very first call that's made when you make up, the very first call that you make is to God. And that phone line is open all day long. Now, you go about life and things interrupt you, interrupt the call. But then you put God kind of like, hey, psh, 
pause here, God. We're going to continue this conversation. But now my spouse is calling. Now my kid's calling. Now my work's calling. And so you interject and you kind of talk there and you're like, okay, cool. And then you, sh- and then you immediately go back to your conversation with God. That's what Paul is talking about, to pray without ceasing. As you go about your day, God never hangs up. Now, there's times that we do. We hang up or we put the phone down and we walk away and forgot where it was. Anybody done that? Yeah, that's something in our house all the time. Where's my phone? We're like dinging, ding, 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 ding. You know, you're like searching for it. Pray without ceasing. So why don't we pray? Maybe it's a lack of discipline. We talked about last week of setting habits that in your walk along the way that you set some habits that you can retrain your brain and retrain your heart that it's just a natural thing that you do. Maybe sometimes we have doubts about God that we view that he's, he's too busy for us or that he's bigger than us and my concerns are not enough for him. And so our view of him is that he's, he only listens to certain type of commands and so, or certain type of requests from us. So maybe we just go to him in crisis when it's a big enough thing. And so then we go to him and when in reality he's listening to all our prayers, he's concerned about the details of your life. If he knows the hairs on your head or the lack of hairs on your head, he's concerned about you. He wants to know, I mean, he already knows, but he wants you to know that he's concerned about the details of your life. And that if we go throughout the day on the phone line and be like just consistently praying with him and blessing, it's a reminder for us. Sometimes we just have a lack of faith. Even even Jesus says to us, if you have enough faith, a faith that's the size of a mustard seed. You know how big a mustard seed is? It's extremely small. It's a, as a matter of fact, it's like the size of a grain of salt. Any of y'all seen a grain of salt recently? That much faith in prayer can move mountains. It's a little indicting. I haven't moved a mountain this week. But here's what I was encouraged by this week in our church is that I had my reminders, I had my week, and Martin Luther King Day, that threw off my schedule, okay? How many of y'all for parents? Yes. Um, the ice day, that threw off your schedule a little bit, all right, that happened, all right? And then this week, um, one of our church members went into surgery, and surgery didn't go as planned, and so there were some complications. And so I, I ran to the hospital um, one day this week and spent a lot of the, a lot of the day there. And um, as news was kind of beginning to spread, obviously people are praying, as news began to spread of the seriousness of the situation, one of the things that gives me joy as your pastor is that we enacted prayer. Because one of the things about prayer that Jesus talks about in Jesus' day is that prayer is an individual thing, yes, but it's also a community thing. As a matter of fact, there's even some prayers in Jewish life that they cannot and will not pray unless there's at least 10 of them together because they're acts of community to pray together. And this is one of those moments where when someone in our community is in a bad way and needs intercession, that in community, obviously as individuals, as we find about it, we begin to intercede on someone's behalf, but then also to see a community come together and say, hey, we are in community. We are selfishly praying Father. That we want our brother, we want our sister to, to continue to have great life and live life to the full. 
And so we, this week, as, as I was up at the hospital even, other people showed up, which is awesome as well. But then also to know that there were people, even in our congregation, that they're saying, hey, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And there's this concert of prayer. And then people were coming up to the church to pray as well and to gather in prayer. And listen to me, church, that is church. That is what a body of believers should be doing, is that we have each other's back because life happens. Sometimes it's a surgery. Sometimes it's something else. But as we in community talk with one another and we engage with one another, prayer happens. Because we understand in those moments, that's crisis, and we understand in those moments of crisis, none of us have control. Not even the well-trained doctors have control in those moments sometimes. And it's like, listen, we are, we're on a wing in a prayer. We are praying that God will intercede. The best medical people in the world are saying, God has to intercede on this moment. And so people of God gather together and say, listen, we're going to engage. And that's prayer. Little faith. And a mustard seed to just throw it out and say, God, do. And, and that's one of the other things that, to consider is, is, that, is that sometimes we, we get so caught up in prayer and, and this churchy pretend life. Is that we think that prayer is like, oh, dear Lord, please. And we've got these little things and we just kind of offer up stuff because, we again, we don't know what to do or we're just concerned. And listen, if you read through the Psalms, David had a real authentic prayer life with God. Because sometimes he's like, God, I don't, I don't like what you did. God, I don't like the decision that you made and it really makes me angry. So God, I don't know what you need to do to get your heart right. You ever feel like that? Hey God, I don't, I don't understand why you're doing this because here's my plan and here's my agenda and you have interrupted it. Would you stop that? And what I think is, is that we got to get back to that. We've got to get back to having an authentic, honest, transparent relationship with God and say, God, you're God, but I do not like what you're doing right now. Because here's part of the deal is we understand prayer and have seen prayer is that those are good moments. Because God's like, listen, child, I love that you're finally you're passionate about something. You've just been comatose, and finally you woke up and you asking me for something. That's awesome. And our God, our Father, wants us to be passionate about something. And so sometimes it's just good for us to do that, and for Him to, for us to be reminded that He's God and He's in control, and He's like, "Listen, I got you. Let's keep this dialogue going." And for Him to interrupt our life, that prayer is without ceasing. That there's moments that somebody cuts you off on the road or at H-E-B and you're like, dear Lord, bless their driving. Please send them back to the driving class because they missed the blinker part, you know, or they missed the part that it's 55, not 35. And then the left lane, please move over to the right. You know, I mean, all those different things that are going on. So what are hindrances to our prayer? And the biggest one is sin. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I had cherished Sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. It's just because God is holy, and you can't bring, excuse my theological term, you can't bring crap to the table. Be honest, but let God go. You're carrying around some stuff. 
and you need to let it to the side. You need to offer forgiveness. You need to quit holding on to things that you think bring worth and value to me. Like you'll go to those things, but then when you're really in trouble, you'll come to me. He's like, listen, nah, uh Get rid of the other stuff that you're carrying around. Quit worshiping those things and giving worth and value to those things. Come to me. Ask and receive, and I will give it to you. But if you're going to play with the other stuff, that's fine. Play with it, but don't come to me. That's sin. We're selfish. Sometimes we're just unconcerned. We'll, we don't cry out for the things that matter like the poor. An unforgiving spirit. Sometimes we have doubts. Sometimes we just have idols. Um, but prayer in Jesus' day, his, his culture was saturated with prayer. Matter of fact, Jesus would get up in the morning and the very first thing that he would do, he would open his eyes and the Jewish prayer was like, Dear Lord, thank you. Blessing to you, Lord, that you opened a blind man's eyes and I can see. And then as he even got dressed, he would begin to put on clothes that were daily reminders and they would remind him. He would put on his, his uh, kind of his undershirt. Some of you guys and ladies would kind of wear an undershirt. And so all Jewish men wear an undershirt. And the undershirt, there's on the four corners of it, there's tassels. And those tassels are prayer tassels. And so it's a constant reminder. So if you put your hands in your pockets and you're a Jewish man and you've got that on, you're going to be reminded that the four corners of the world are covered. God's covered. And those are the prayer tassels. To be reminded every time you do this, you're going to be reminded of the prayers of God that he's active and alive all over the corners of the earth. And in Jesus's day, they would have worn this thing called a tefillin or phylacteries. And some of you, you've seen it. There's these boxes that they'll see them at the wailing wall or whatever. And they've got these big old huge boxes around their forehead. And they will today they only wear them for special occasions of worship. But in Jesus's day, they would have worn a phylactery across their head all of the time. And it would have been much smaller. That's why Jesus said, why do you keep making your boxes bigger and bigger so to show off that you're religious? Why don't you keep them like at the commands that Moses has given us? They're like postage stamps small. And the Shema, Deuteronomy 6.4, was written in there. It was a constant reminder. Anytime you're wiping the sweat of your brow, they're in the desert. It's going to be hot. Every time they wept the spread of their brow, what are they feeling? The phylactery. Reminder of the fact that God is God and he should be on their mind at all times, on their hearts at all times. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. They had physical reminders. Every morning and evening he would have heard his father pray, Hear, O Lord, hear, O Lord Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, with all of your strength. Jesus would have also been taught as from basically the time that he was two or three, beginning to learn words, beginning to speak. He would have been taught the 18 benedictions, the Amidah. And so these are just the central part of worship, not just worship. Again, we think of worship of going to church for the Jewish people. It's at home and in the synagogue and at the temple. Every part of your life is an act of worship. So Jesus would have heard his father praying the Amidah throughout. And there would have been petitions for God to send the Messiah, for God to grant them wisdom, for forgiveness, for healing, for deliverance. And most of these prayers, these 18 benedictions are built upon the Psalms. And their blessings from God. Jesus would have prayed over a hundred prayers or blessings a day. So even this idea that some of you practice where you offer a blessing before you eat a meal. That comes from Jesus' day. Bless the Lord. Thank you, O Lord, for this meal. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the seed. Thank you for the farmer. Thank you for every part of the process that provides for me the lachim, the bread that I eat today. Because they would have understood that it's not just one thing, it's the whole process of everything has to work in tandem. God, 
the God worker has to do his part in tandem with all the creation so that they can have something as simple as bread on the table. Thank you, God, for the blessing. Even the final prayer, whenever they would, in grief, they would even say, blessed is he who is the true judge. To know that they stand before God the Father and he's the judge of their heart, their soul, and their mind and not another man. Thank you for that blessing, that the one that's created all the world and judges right and true is the one that's going to be judging me. Prayer saturated the culture. Pray without ceasing. Devote yourself to praying. In Jesus' day, like I said, there were some prayers that ten had to come together to offer them because prayer is not just an individual thing. It's a community thing. Now, you would think because they had all these prayers memorized that it just kind of become rote, and that's easily a possibility, but they also prayed spontaneously like you saw Jesus. I'm going to teach you two words today. One is kavanah, and so because of all these repetitious words, the rabbis continually taught them, listen, you have these good prayers that are before you. Continue to repeat them, but when you pray them, pray them with kavanah. And kavanah is this, is this heart set and mindset to know that everything you do, everywhere you go, and every word you say... And, you say out is in the presence of the one, the Lord, the God. So that all these things that you pray, don't just quote them from memory, but quote them, pause and quote them from your heart and realize that everything you say and everything you do, you're doing and saying in the presence of God. Even whenever you would, in a Jewish temple or a Jewish synagogue, when you would go to open up the Torah that had this huge cabinet where the Torah scrolls are at, you would open it up and in front of it, it says, you are standing in the presence of Yahweh, the divine one. So every prayer, every time they open up God's word, reminder that they're standing in the presence of God. There's another wonderful word called Barkah. Say that with me. All right, you got to spit at the end. All right. Barkah. All right, awesome. means two things. The first thing that it means is blessing. That every time that you offer a barkah, you're offering a blessing. The second thing that it means is to kneel. To kneel. So what this word means is that every time that you offer a blessing, you're literally kneeling or you're stopping and pausing. That would be kind of weird if you're going around and you see something. A very Jewish thing to do would be like you see some trees, you're out on a walk and you're like, Dear Lord, thank you for the blessing of the trees. Thank you for the blessing of creation. You wouldn't just stop in the middle of the street to do that, but it's a heart set and a mindset to pause and to kneel and to acknowledge. When you kneel, you acknowledge someone is greater than you. And so as you go around life in Kavanaugh, living 24-7 in the recognition of everywhere you go, everything you say, everything in life is surrounded by the one, Jesus he sees and he is present, it causes us to kavanah, to kneel and to give blessing to him for the blessings that he gives us. It's a heart set and a mindset to consistently being praying. Every time you brokah, you recognize that you're in the presence and living in kavanah. You see this in, um, in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. In Matthew chapter 6. Because it would be interesting to think that here's a culture that's what seemed to us like overly saturated in prayer. They have all these things memorized and prayers everywhere that they would kind of get it. So Jesus is Jewish. His disciples are Jewish. And so these Jewish guys, they should know all these prayers and be like, hey, I'm good at this. But there was a time in Jesus' ministry that they looked at Jesus and they said, Jesus, we want to be able to pray like you. Teach us to pray like you. And why is that? 
Well, one, because he's God. But two, because of the intimacy between Jesus, the Father, and the Son, there was a power in his prayers that others didn't. So he prayed over fish and bread, and all of a sudden they could feed 5,000. He would touch a hand and pray, and a hand would become whole that was shriveled. He would touch a blind man, and they could see. And they were saying, listen, we want to be able to pray with that kind of power and that kind of authority. We want to have faith that's bigger than a mustard seed so we can move mountains. Jesus, teach us to pray like you. So Matthew chapter 6, he begins to teach them. And he says this, When you pray, disciples, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So it's this idea, and this is just a generalization, is that maybe you've been to a church service and someone gets up and prays and they use these really cool words. And people are like, wow, that's awesome. And God would say, if that's the only time that person prays, this is all the reward they're going to get. They're going to receive the rewards of men of being like, wow, that's awesome. And God's like, cool words. You don't believe them, but cool words. Continues on, and he says, when you pray, then go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Why is that? Why does he want you to go away in private? Because that's where you and God can get real. Listen, I've seen some of you driving, and I've prayed for you. All right, but I also know that sometimes that's the best time for some of us to pray because no one else can hear us. And it's not judgment on other people. It's like, hey, God, I I got a big day ahead. God, I'm going to teach class, and I've I've got some stuff, and I know that I've got some students with some stuff. And so, Father, be with my students where their home is horrible. God, because that makes them struggle in my classroom. And so you're praying on the way. As you're getting to that place, you're thinking about it. Or you're like, hey, you're going to work, and you're thinking, man, I've got a difficult situation. I'm the boss, or I'm an employee, and it's, it's struggling. It's, it's not good. And so on the way to work, you're thinking about it. And so you've turned off the music, and you're like, God, interject here, please, God. God, I need your favor at work today. And you need that quiet, private place. So it may be a closet, but it may be your car. It may be you're on a walk. Maybe you're at a workout. Please don't pray out loud at the gym, okay? At least about about other people. But you're praying loud in your heart, right? God, one, get me through this treadmill workout. But number two, God, I got something coming up today. Would you interject? Would you intercede? On my behalf, what I have favor. When you pray, don't babble on, on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. In other words, yeah, you've learned some things over the years. If you've grown up and around church, you've learned some prayers. Pray those things, but mean them. Don't just repeat them thinking that if you put the right coin in the slot machine, you're going to get the answer. God's like, listen, those things are good, and I want you to have learned those things, but those things, I want you to learn those things so they'll move your heart in a direction toward me. So that in those moments, it may be that some of those things remind you of some things to pray, but pray with your full heart and mind. I'm not worried about the quality of your words. I'm worried about the quality of the prayer from your heart. I'd rather it be a third grade word than a seminary level word, but if it comes from your heart. And then he says, finally, he says, pray like this. Some of you know this prayer. You even know some people that don't even go to church that know this prayer because they were in sports and they've reminded it. Most of you have learned it in the King Jimmy language. So you've got arts and thous and thems. 
and stuff. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, but if you know it, even if it's the King Jimmy version, you just kind of repeat it out to yourself. All right, it says this. He says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgotten those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. In other words, we're going to have temptation. Don't yield to it, but rescue us from the evil one. As a Jesus follower, prayer is necessary. It should be often. For us, it's 24-7. It never really shuts off. Some of us, we go to bed with worries and we wake up with the same worries. Prayer is an alternative to worry. And throughout the day, I would pray that you would, would kneel and pause before God as you walk, as Galatians 5, as you're walking in the process of your daily life. Maybe you begin to pause. I, how many of you like Dr. Pepper? A couple of you. If you're not a Texan, you don't like it, I guess. I don't know. But true Texans like Dr. Pepper, not Coke. Okay. Dr. Pepper, even Dr. Pepper Zero now is pretty good. So I've heard. And so you drink Dr. Pepper. And, you know, in the old days, they used to advertise it as like it was a meal. And it was like um, it was good for you. I've heard doctors say it's not as good for you. But who knows? They're just practicing medicine. They don't really know. Sorry for the doctors in the house. Um, but in the old days, they treated it like a food. And what they do, they said they sell, sell it in such a way of like, hey, you need to drink one at 10, 2, and 4. Right? And for most of us, we're like, yeah, that's right about the time we want to take a nap. And we become disinterested in the day, 10, 2, and 4. And so what I would challenge you to do is maybe set a reminder on your phone for 8, 10, 2, 4, and 6, or whatever you look at your day, and put in a reminder just to pause and to kneel for a moment, wherever you are. If you're at 8 o'clock and you're on your way to work, just to kind of please don't pause and kneel while you're driving. But just pause in your heart and say, God, I got a reminder, and I'm, just, I'm thankful for you today. I'm thankful that you've gone ahead of me before work or before school and you're there. And at 10 o'clock, maybe that's your snack time or whatever, and you just kind of stop and say, Father, thank you for my workplace. Thank you for my coworkers. Begin to pray for your coworkers. If you've got some difficult ones, begin to pray for them because um, they might be praying for you. All right? You may be the difficult one. Be praying in that way. And throughout the day, just kind of just stop and kneel. In your heart and your mind, put some reminders in your phone to just stop and kneel and see what God does in your heart. As you begin to devote yourself to praying and praying without ceasing, to stop and offer blessings. You might even see that your life and your world is much better than you could even imagine. That God has blessed you with many more blessings than you could ever have conceived because you've been so focused on other things and the busyness and the complaints of the day that you've forgotten how much God has blessed you with. That surely... If in Jesus' day they had over 100 opportunities to say blessings, surely we have even more. I mean, goodness, you've got an iPhone. Do you need anything more? We have so much. You're in a nation where you have the freedom to come here at whatever time you can come here. You have the freedom to choose what kind of job you want to do. Most of you have the freedom to choose what you're going to have a meal and when you're going to have a meal and even how many meals you're going to have in a day. We have so much to be thankful for. May we pray without ceasing. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your blessings. 
Thank you that we have the opportunity to stop and to kneel throughout the day and to be reminded that you are God and we are not and to just say thank you for how you are in and through and over everything of our lives. Father, may we kneel more often and say thank you. May we consistently do what other people don't and see how it changes our heart and our soul and our mind and our focus, not upon the problems of the world, but upon you, the creator of the world, the sustainer of the world, the author, the finisher, the beginning and the end, the great healer and salvation. Father, in the midst of the business, may you remind us of who you are. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.